Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 23 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Extramarital transgressions can cause anger and destruction, But add to that mix another element. The people having the affair are related by marriage. The following two cases cross the boundaries of family, sex and murder. In court they were branded incompetent assassins. Perhaps that was accurate. They had tried a number of ways to end 28-year-old Alan Lord's life between August and December 1973. Some of the methods came right out of a children's fairy tale. Alan was partial to mushrooms. His love of the fungi would inspire the first attempt on his life. His wife Margaret was planning to make dinner and they were going to be the key ingredient. As Alan tucked into the marrow stuffed with mushrooms at their home on Charles Witts Avenue in Hereford, he had no idea his wife had handpicked them from the riverside. Though Margaret hadn't picked them alone, she had been joined by John Lord. John Lord was her father-in-law, Alan's stepfather since he was a boy. Recently widowed, 58-year-old John had spent more time with Alan, Margaret and their two children. For the past few months, the relationship between Margaret and John had turned sexual. Margaret later told the police, that always had a crush on me. Now they were strolling along the riverbank collecting mushrooms for dinner. 
When Margaret laced the meal with the poisonous fungi, her intention was to kill her husband. Though Alan didn't die, he was sick enough to be admitted to hospital for a few days. Testing didn't uncover the cause of the illness, so he was sent home none the wiser. Margaret and John hadn't accomplished what they set out to do, so they hatched another plan to dispose of the person between them. They visited a library to read a book about deadly plants. Armed with his newfound knowledge, John went to scavenge for deadly nightshade, but soon realised it was out of season, so picked another berry instead. Once again, Margaret prepared a husband's dinner, though this time Alan felt no ill effects. Frustrated, John came up with yet another plan, subduing his stepson with drugs, then electrocuting him. Though not the exact route he and his stepson's wife would eventually take, the near 60-year-old John did take a bare wire flex and a pair of rubber gloves over to Margaret and Alan's house just in case. Sleeping pills were hidden in Alan's food on a couple of occasions, but he always came out of the groggy haze. Margaret and John decided to stick with the sleeping pills, but in the last attempt they added ether, a highly flammable liquid that was historically used as an anaesthetic. The sedative provides a euphoric high, however the quick onset of the effects are short-lived. After unknowingly consuming the heady mixture, Alan was in a stupor before collapsing to the floor. A plastic bag was placed over his head. But rather than taking his final breath, Alan shouted and the pair bolted when they realised their victim was conscious. The jig was up, Alan was alive and he was going to the police. Margaret and John confessed to their affair and their botched murder plots. They both said they had a change of heart when Alan shouted after the plastic bag had been put over his head. His wife Margaret said, that upset me. She told police that she was at the end of the line with Alan's behaviour and she began confiding in her father-in-law. She said, he was mad at the way Alan was treating me, that's why he agreed to help me get rid of Alan. After John Lord admitted to his actions, he told officers, I couldn't go through with it when Alan shouted, it drained all the courage from me. The hearing began in May 1974 at Birmingham Crown Court. John and Margaret Lord had both pleaded not guilty to six charges of attempted murder, but pleaded guilty to the lesser charge of conspiracy to commit murder. Their plea was accepted by the prosecution. Douglas Draycott QC defending John Lord said, they are perhaps as a pair the most incompetent assassins to ever appear before any court. John's stepson, Alan, was also present in the courtroom. Since his father and wife's arrest, he had kept in touch with Margaret through prison visits and letters. He hoped the court would be lenient so they could restart their life together. The prosecution spoke of a marriage in crisis and an unconventional arrangement between the couple. It was revealed that Alan had encouraged and even arranged situations where other men would sleep with his wife. They also engaged in group sex upon the request of Alan, but when Margaret complied and became physical with other men, Alan became agitated and assaulted her on a number of occasions. The prosecution also believed that John and Margaret's plan to dispose of Alan wasn't so they could be together. 
John Lord may have felt that way, but Margaret did not. John was impotent, and Margaret wasn't interested in continuing a sexual relationship with him. The prosecutor said the sexual behaviour was at the instigation of the husband and was degrading and disgusting. Hearing the evidence, the judge, Mr Justice Chapman, addressed the two accused and said, I am bound to treat this as a very grave matter indeed, because it cannot be thought that people can conspire to take life in this country and be treated lightly. Following their pleas of conspiracy to commit murder, John and Margaret Lord were both sentenced to seven years in prison. Alan reacted badly, shouting from the public gallery, No, I have not had my chance to speak yet. That's my wife. He collapsed and was carried from the courtroom in tears. After the sentence had been passed, Alan Lord claimed his marriage problems started when he and his wife began reading books about sex. He believed the provocative literature had fed them the idea of sexual experimentation. He said the couple were fantastically happy before their discovery. Seeing his wife having sex with other men, even at his own instigation, made him jealous. He said, we took sex photographs of each other, but we really didn't know what we were getting into. We thought it was the thing to do these days. It was the modern way of life. But deep down we were revolted. The trouble was each of us thought we were doing it to please the other. If only we were able to discuss it properly, none of this would have happened. Referring to the books he and his wife had read, Alan said, They led us into a disastrous way of life. Thinking about having this sort of sex life is great at the time, but to actually do it is another matter. In 2017, another inappropriate relationship with an in-law would lead to misery and murder. Stephen and Anne Searle were teenagers when they married. Now 45 years later, they lived alone in their home in Stowmarket, Suffolk. Their three sons, Gary, 44... Christopher, 41, and their youngest, Stephen Jr., 29, had all left home and were raising families of their own. Stephen and Anne lived on the end of a quiet cul-de-sac called the Brickfields in their four-bedroom home worth £320,000. The couple, now in their 60s, were still working. Anne, who was originally from Glasgow, was employed in a factory which produced sushi. Along with her husband, she had previously owned a pub called the Stag Tavern in Stowe Market, a business they sold on in 1992. Stephen Searle, a UK Independence Party local councillor, narrowly won his seat for Stowe Market South by just one vote in 2013, but four years later in the Suffolk County Council election he lost, flagging behind in fourth place. He had a varied career before his political one started in 2013. He was a commando in the Royal Marines, and in his spare time during the 1980s, he took part in a number of competitions as a bodybuilder. As a UKIP councillor, he funded the camping equipment for an activity weekend for the volunteer police cadets, and his neighbours bought poppies from Stephen, which he sold for the Royal Legion. 
but no one knew of the turmoil brewing behind the family's front door. After the Marines and his job as a pub landlord, Stephen found work managing the Solar Bowl bowling alley in Ipswich around 15 miles from his home. It was while working there he met Anastasia Pomiativa in 2005 when she successfully applied for a job at the bowling alley. Four years later, Stephen's eldest son Gary also started working for the company. He was five years older than Anastasia. They hit it off immediately and began dating. Gary and Anastasia didn't get married, but they settled down and started a family. Anne and Stephen treated Anastasia as a daughter-in-law. She was the mother to their grandchildren, and being with Anastasia made their son happy. After all, he was in love. In March 2017, Stephen invited Anastasia to meet with him at his office in Ipswich for coffee. There seemed to be nothing strange about the situation. She had been part of the family for eight years at this point, and she had known Stephen Searle even longer. The conversation at his office took an uncomfortable turn when Stephen told Anastasia that he had not had sex in six years. He asked if she was happy with Gary. He then propositioned her. Would you make me happy? He said. Anastasia became flustered and left. She later told the press, When he approached me, I was shocked and surprised, but at the time I was very vulnerable because my nan was really unwell in hospital. She began to receive text messages from Stephen. Sometimes pictures were attached of him during his weightlifting heydays in the 1980s. The pictures sometimes showed him posing in small white briefs, a mahogany tan, and his body covered in oil. Amongst the secret and illicit messages, Stephen called his wife for 45 years a piece of shit. His unusual method of seduction worked. Stephen and Anastasia began a secret sexual affair one month after the initial proposal. Stephen even came up with a nickname for his new love, SBG, which stood for Steve's Beautiful Girl. Anastasia told the reporter, I'd always been intimidated by him, as he's very powerful, controlling and manipulative. Whenever I tried to break it off, he said that he needed me. I felt dirty. I always had to have a shower straight after meeting him. Three months into the affair, Anne became suspicious of her husband's behaviour. Early one morning, she heard him talking on the phone in hushed tones. When an argument erupted, he denied it and tried to wriggle out of the situation. Then, for reasons only known to Stephen, he told his wife he was seeing a man. Anne told her friend Kelly Lawrence at the sushi factory where she worked that she didn't know if the person Stephen was having an affair with was male or female, but said sadly, I'm too old to start again. During August 2017, Desperate to get to the bottom of the situation, Anne decided to try and unlock Stephen's phone. The passcode was easy to guess, 4545. A significant number to him, as he served in the 4-5 Commando Royal Marines in Arbroath. She was in, and now had access to the explicit back and forth messages between her husband and a woman who was, for all intents and purposes, her daughter-in-law. She scrolled through his texts. In one of the most recent messages, 
the pair were making arrangements to meet at a hotel. The cat was out of the bag, her husband was sleeping with someone else. Shock waves ran through the family. Anastasia broke off the affair and confessed to her husband Gary what she had done. Gary opted to stay with his partner, but cut off contact with his father. Stephen Searle did not take news of the breakout well. Since he had lost his seat in Stowe Market South, he had more time on his hands, so he began to follow Anastasia when she left the house. She was aware he was there when she was doing her grocery shopping or taking one of the kids on a play date. She found out he had done something more disturbing. He had trawled through her Facebook profile and found some of her old photographs. Anastasia later told the reporter, He had pictures of me from before I met Gary stored on his computer. He had downloaded them from Facebook and superimposed my head onto the bodies of porn stars. I was scared of him. Me and Gary changed our numbers to stop him contacting us. After the affair ended, Anne and Stephen Searle decided to stay together but were arguing daily. Vicky, their daughter-in-law and wife of Stephen Jr., had a frank conversation with Anne in November 2017. Stephen had allegedly told his wife, I'll kill you, I will. Anne responded, You wouldn't do that, you're a weak man, you wouldn't be able to do it. Anne also mentioned to her daughter-in-law another concerning incident, in which she had to call the police when one evening Stephen had pushed her down the stairs. At the time, Vicky noted fingerprint bruises on Anne's arms. It was December and Christmas had arrived. Anne Searle posted an ominous message on her Facebook profile which read, Happy Christmas. I hope I will still be here in 2018. We will see. After Christmas Day, she returned to work and told a colleague that Christmas had been a disaster. Stephen had bought his wife a cheap woolly hat and scarf from an Asda supermarket, while no expense was spared on the gifts his wife had bought him. Though it was the season to be jolly, the arguments didn't stop. Anne told her work colleague Stephen had held the roast dinner in the bin, along with all the trimmings. Stephen would later dispute Anne's account. He claimed it was an exaggeration. He merely threw the giblets away. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Center. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at scentair.com. Saturday, December 30th. New Year was fast approaching and Stephen and Anne were at home. They started drinking about three that afternoon. It would be the last evening they would be alone in the house together. According to Stephen, while emotions were running high and the married couple were intoxicated, things got out of hand. Stephen said that Anne stuck a serrated steak knife into the arm of the sofa. When he asked, what did you do that for? Anne told him to fuck off. In Stephen's version of events, he went to use the downstairs toilet to relieve himself while Anne waited outside. He claimed she lunged at him with the knife, aiming for his stomach. They tussled and ended up on the living room floor where Stephen tried to disarm his wife. It was during the struggle that Anne Searle lost her life. Around 10.20pm, Stephen made an odd call to Suffolk Police. At a couple of points in the conversation, the call handler is taken aback. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I've uh, just killed my wife. You've just killed your wife? Yeah. Okay. Bit different for you tonight, I expect. Happy New Year. Okay, and how have you killed her? Um... Suffocation, really, I guess. A uh, bit of a bizarre situation, but, um, you know, don't mind. Okay, is it just the two of you in the house? Uh, well, just the one of us now. Right, okay. Yeah, well, two, you know, yeah. Okay, is there any other sort of issues that the um, officers need to be aware of when they come into the house? Is there uh, no, not really. Um, you know, I'm not violent, I'm not nothing. Um, okay. 
Police officers were quick to arrive at the scene. In fact, they arrived before the call had ended. Body cam footage taken from the arresting officers recorded Stephen Searle continuing to downplay the murder of his wife with statements like, I've been a very naughty boy, and everyone has their breaking point. Once he realised the gravity of his actions, his comments became more panicked, and he said, I totally fucked it tonight, and what the fuck have I done? Unfortunately, despite their haste, paramedics were unable to revive Ansel. She was declared dead at 10.58pm. Stephen Searle had waited at least an hour before he notified police. He was remanded in custody and appeared at Ipswich Crown Court to face charges on January 3rd, 2018. A post-mortem examination revealed that Ansel died of compression to the neck. The trial date was set for July 2018. Stephen Searle had pleaded not guilty to the charge of murder. He claimed it was self-defence. Andrew Jackson, acting on behalf of the Crown Prosecution Service, said, The prosecution's case is that on that Saturday night, there had probably been yet another row between the two of them, and in anger, the defendant strangled his wife to death. This alleged murder had its roots firmly in the discovery by Mrs. Searle that the defendant had been having an affair with their daughter-in-law. The discovery of his infidelity with their daughter-in-law had taken place a few months before December 30th and would have put considerable strain on the marriage. The prosecutor Andrew Jackson also said toxicology tests taken on the night of Anne's death showed the Searles were both two times over the drink-drive alcohol limit. In England, Wales and Northern Ireland, the limit is 80 milligrams per 100 milliliters of blood. Anne Searle had 250 milligrams and her husband had 197. The prosecutor said that Stephen Searle was trained in unarmed combat in the Marines and that a chokehold would have been part of that training. He stated, it's that technique the prosecution say the defendant probably used to kill his wife. Stephen Searle would later take to the stand and tell a packed courtroom, I was concentrating on the threat. Eventually she stopped struggling and I said, I'm going to have a fag and went through to the conservatory. I was expecting it to kick off again. Stephen Searle was questioned by defence counsel Stephen Dybel. Did you intend to kill your wife? No, replied Stephen. Of 45 years standing? No, sir. I didn't. Did you intend to cause her serious harm? Stephen was asked. No, he replied. The defendant explained to the jury that it was only when he came back into the room after the struggle with his wife that he realised that things weren't right. I held her hand. She was just limp, he said. It just didn't make sense. I was calling her name. I couldn't understand why. I thought, she's gone. Asked if he considered calling an ambulance, Stephen told the court, No, and I don't know why. I didn't even think about calling anybody. I just sat there like a bloody idiot. It was crazy. I was grabbing, trying to find the knife. She was struggling frantically. She was a very strong woman. I couldn't hold her down. 
Stephen Searle claimed that the relationship with his wife had returned to normal after his affair. Stephen said that it was his wife who had tried to attack him with a steak knife. He was only defending himself. The jury was shown the blade, and DNA from both of the Searles was present. Vicky Searle addressed the court and spoke about the conversations she had had with Anne the month before her murder. Anne told her that Stephen had threatened her life. Vicky said, I got the impression that Stephen had said this to Anne quite recently and didn't think he would carry out the threat. Anne's colleague Kelly Lawrence also took to the stand and supported Vicky Searle's account. She had also seen bruises on Anne's arms. Anne had told her that they were caused by her husband. Kelly Lawrence said she had called the police but wasn't going to press charges against him. She wanted to make it work. The jury took three and a half hours to find Stephen Searle guilty of the murder of his wife Anne Searle. Stephen's youngest son read an impact statement in court after his father's conviction. He spoke of how the murder of his mother had caused absolute misery. He said, I feel emotionally drained most days. It has taken its toll on my family and friends. I have turned to alcohol as a release, which has affected my relationship with my wife and family, physically and emotionally. The relationship between me and my brothers has been torn apart. It has left a void in my heart, which is something I will never get over. Losing my mum has destroyed me. It has left me completely broken. If my dad had just admitted what he had done and been honest, it would not have had to go to court. Judge Mr Justice Green said Stephen Searle's act of infidelity in one way or another led to the murder of his wife. During sentencing, the judge stated, You have deprived your children of the mother that they loved. You have deprived your grandchildren of their grandmother and you have deprived Anne of the remaining years of her life. Your actions have caused devastating waves of pain and anguish to crash through your entire family. No sentence that I impose can ever undo that suffering. I'm sure that on that evening a row broke out between you and I have no doubt it concerned your infidelity. When confronted, you first of all wriggled, squirmed and denied. You even claimed at one stage that you were seeing a man, but then you admitted to the affair and it came to an end. You told the jury that after the revelation of the affair, everything went back to normal between you and Anne, but evidence given in court shows a much more complex picture. Anne was considering moving on and seeking to rebuild the marriage, but I have no doubt that she was still deeply hurt and angry. Anne has not been able to come to court to describe to us what really happened. We only have your version, and the jury has rejected it. We will not now find out what the truth is. Anne died because you compressed her neck for a substantial period of time. We do not know for how long you used downward force on Anne's neck, but at some point, Anne went limp and stopped struggling. She was no threat to you, yet you continued and she was at your mercy. You pressed until the life inside her was extinguished and snuffed out. The judge took the minimum starting point for this type of murder, but reduced the term by one year for the mitigating factors of the case, which included Searle's age, his clean record, the time he had spent serving in the Marines, 
the possibility of a shortened lifespan due to a recent diagnosis of prostate cancer. Stephen Searle looked ahead and showed no reaction when the verdict was read out. He would have to serve 14 years in prison before he would be eligible for parole. The judge said, you will spend a good part of the remainder of your life and possibly all of it in prison. Stephen Searle Jr. addressed the press outside the court and his heavily pregnant wife Vicky stood beside him. Good afternoon. As you are all aware today, there has been justice for my mum, Anne Searle. The thing is, this year, not only have I lost my mum, but my dad as well. So now all I want to focus on is my family and my friends who can help me through this year and more to come. The part that hurts me the most is I lost my mum, but the person who took my mum away was also my best friend, who was my dad. So now it's time to focus on my family and my kids and do the best I can for them. Thank you for your time. Suffolk Police also released a statement. The senior investigating officer, Detective Chief Superintendent Eamon Bridger said, Ansel's death was a tragic crime and our sympathies remain with her family and friends. Whilst crimes of this severity remain a rare occurrence in Suffolk, the community can take reassurance that the man responsible has been brought to justice for his actions. The investigation has been professionally handled by the constabulary staff involved, leading to the right outcome at trial. This started from the initial call handling, continued during the diligent investigation, and we have worked hard to support the family through the challenging time that followed Anne's murder. Domestic abuse continues to take place behind closed doors. Suffolk Constabulary will take positive action against the perpetrators where we have the opportunity. When victims of abuse come to us, we will work with them to address their needs and make them and their families safe. Our focus is firmly on the needs of victims and we will continue to work closely with our partners in tackling this type of crime. We have a dedicated team of domestic abuse specialists who ensure the correct response is provided to victims. They work closely with the independent domestic violence advisors, victim support and other local and national organisations in order to get the right advice and support for victims and help them break free from abuse. So where are we now? A former UKIP politician who worked with Stephen Searle, Bill Mountford, was interviewed on BBC Suffolk. He remarked he still considered Stephen Searle a friend, but concerningly said, these things happen. I still regard Steve as a fundamentally decent man who has found himself in circumstances beyond his control. I'm not condoning it in any way, but I was very, very sad to hear of Steve's conviction. I am well aware domestic disputes can get out of hand, but I feel equally sorry for both Steve and now his deceased wife. The damage to the Searle family was irreparable. All three of the Searle's sons became estranged from their father after the misery caused by the murder of their mother. 
Gary Searle spoke to a reporter and said, I've always believed that if you take a life, you should lose a life. I don't see why he should be given the opportunity to lead a normal life after doing something horrendous like this. I thought he would get a longer jail term. Gary Searle spoke about his mother and his life with Anastasia and the children. He said, Now I just want to get on with my life and do what my mum would want me to do. That is to look after my family and put them first. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. If you would prefer to listen to our podcast a few days early without adverts, you can. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast provider. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.